0: one of the things that satan wants to do is to disprove god's word think about it if satan could make god's word not come true right then basically he's he's won right he's saying hey god's word is not true but god's word has to be true
1: hi everyone welcome to the podcast of calvary chapel echo park here in los angeles california We are a small fellowship of diverse believers who want to serve our Lord and do His will. You can find out more about our fellowship at ccechopart.com. Join us for a live stream on Sunday in the New Testament and Wednesday evenings in the Old Testament. Now let's get into the Word of God in our weekly podcast. The teaching is from Pastor David Higa and will be the study of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the book of Revelation.
0: Revelation chapter 16, right in verse 1. It says, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of wrath of God on the earth. Now, I want to note this to you. This word bowls, if you look it up and you do a study on it, it's not like these deep bowls. I was thinking I had some good homemade chicken soup uh, uh, last night, late last night as I got hungry studying, right? And it's a deep bowl. Okay, those are not the bowls there. These are like saucers. And so think of it, you know, in high church when they pass the plate, right? The communion plate, right? And they have those saucers, right? And they have the, the crackers of the bread there. They're, they're very flat. That's what these, these bowls are. So they're very easy to pour out. Okay, I want you to note that. It says, go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. And so their judgment's being poured out. So notice where they come from. It says, then I heard a loud voice from the temple this word temple it really is speaking of the sanctuary in the tabernacle the inner part of the It's where the holiness of god is right so from the holiness of god comes these judgments and these last seven judgments right they're going to usher in the return of christ they're going to complete judgment upon this earth to purge this earth from sin okay so The first one, it says, So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worship his image. Okay, so this first bowl of judgment. Notice this. Foul and loathsome sores are placed upon all those that have the mark of the beast. Now, when you read this, it's kind of interesting. The sense is this, is that perhaps when this bowl is poured out, all those that have the mark of the beast it's something with the mark of the beast that attracts this and i kind of think about you know let's say you um you eat something you digest something then and then it attracts kind of a virus or something like that right or a virus comes in you like that it, it's like that that the, that these um the mark of the beast right as this bowl is poured out it's going to attract these sores and these sores when you look at the the uh the actual word here that's used it literally means ulcers, an ulcer. And as you think about an ulcer, bleeding ulcers, right? Well, that's going to be what is going to be administered upon all those that have the mark of the beast. It's kind of an interesting thing, huh? And so we see this is the first. This is the first job. Now, think about it. It's worldwide, isn't it? It's not just in the vicinity. It's not just a third of the earth, is it? And the reason I mark this, too, because as you look at the trumpet judgments, and I, and I wrote about this, I referred to a lot of this in your bullets in summary. In the trumpet judgments, a third of the earth were affected. But here it's worldwide. And so anybody that has the mark of the beast worldwide is going to inherit these ulcers all over. So there's going to be great, great suffering. I want you to note this. As their suffering increases, you know what's going to happen? Their hearts are going to grow harder. Isn't that Interesting. You know, it's been said, right, that you can react to God's judgment in two ways. It can soften your heart or it can harden your heart. The question has to be, which are we? When things come our way that test us, is our hearts going to get harder or softer? Hopefully softer, right? Because if it gets harder, you're only going to hurt yourself. And this is what we're going to see, that they're going to harden their hearts. Okay, but... This first judgment, foul and loathsome sores. Loathsome sores. These are, are actually the ulcers that come upon all those that have the mark of the beast. It's worldwide, okay? Now, verse 3. It says, then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea and it became blood as of a dead man. And every living creature in the sea died. Could you imagine that? How many go fishing? a lot of fish in the sea right i always say there's a lot of fish unless you're fishing with me (laughs) but there's a lot of fish in the sea can you imagine every living creature in the sea dying you know it's interesting when it says the blood right it became blood. well it's the blood that killed the fish in the sea but perhaps it's the living creatures all dying and it's their blood that makes the sea bloody but notice every living creature in the sea died. Now I want you to underscore this. Has this ever happened? It's never happened, huh? So, those that hold to revelation being already fulfilled historically, they have a problem here, right? This has never happened. A lot of this has never happened, you're going to see. And so what do they have to do? They have to spiritualize these things. They have to allegorize them. These are symbolical. The speaking of things, right? And that's where the problem is. But if you're a literalist, right, you have to be a futurist. Does that make sense? If you take these things literally, every sea creature in the ocean dying, this has never happened. So this has to be what? Future. So that's why we're literalists and we're futurists because these things, most of the things in Revelation, uh, chapters, nine, uh, six, chapters 6 through 19, have never happened. Right? And so that's why we're futurists. This will happen. In the future. But every living creature in the sea died. Now, you know, I want to just mark this too. As I mentioned, these are worldwide. But notice in the trumpet judgments, it's more of a third, right? Remember a third of the earth's vegetation? Revelation 8, 7, 8, verse 7. A third of the sea, remember? Sea creatures died. Revelation 8, verse 8. A third of the living creatures um, in the sea. Revelation 8, 8, and 8, 9. And a third of the rivers and springs Revelation 8 10 and then also um, as you look at that right you can just sense that it's only a portion of the earth but now it's worldwide and the reason I draw this to your attention is because you notice that these judgments a lot of them have similarities to the judgments the plagues administer in Egypt. Remember upon Egypt when God wanted uh, Pharaoh to release the people his people same type of of plagues there were 10 plagues but those were localized right right around egypt and then in the trumpet judgments right it's on a third of the earth but right here in the bowls of judgment on the entire earth and so why not underscore this because the judgments are increasing aren't they in intensity in scope and in, um, in the, um, the rapidness that they're being administered. I want you to note this as well. Remember between the sixth and the seventh seal of judgment? What happened? There was a pause, wasn't there? Remember that deafening pause between the sixth and seventh judgment? And it's as if the Lord is giving them time to what? To, to gather themselves and to, to look at what's happening and, and to repent. Remember there was a pause between the sixth and the seventh trumpet judgment? Same thing. It's almost as if the Lord is saying, you know, take some time. See what's happening. Give an opportunity to repent. But notice in chapter 16, there's no pause. Is there? Again, the scope, it's worldwide. The intensity, it's, it's increasing. And the rapidity, right? It's, in, it's just in rapid succession. There's no pause. And it speaks to basically God's mercy running its course. God's mercy is is at the end here now we do still know there's mercy but we know that they don't want to repent and I, and I want to draw this to your attention because the thing that things get more rapid is because I think the Lord kind of is getting to the point right here that there's, they're past the point of no return and we know to this right when Jesus returns it's not so much dependent on the day or the hour it's more dependent on that last person that's predestined to be saved to come and be saved. Remember we referenced the um, Matthew 13 parable of the dragnet, right? When that last fish comes in, then the end's going to come. And so that's the sense here. It's coming very quickly, without pause. The intensity is growing. The scope is wider. Because the time of mercy is just about over. They're past the point of no return. When that last person repents... Right? The end is going to come. Okay? And so, notice in verse 4, Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. Now, can you imagine that? The springs and the rivers blood. The drinking water. So think about it. How long can you last without drinking water? Not very long. So, this is worldwide. So think about this. The end must be very near. Jesus must be coming very soon. Why? Because of the water... It's all going to be contaminated. So it's probably within a matter of days, huh? That he's going to return after this, this judgment here. It says, And I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things, for they have shed the blood of all the, uh, of, of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink." For it is their just due, verse 7, and I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. I want you to note this. You are righteous right at the beginning of verse 5. Notice in verse 6 at the end. For it is their just due. Notice at the end of verse 7. It says, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. See, the judgment is going to be righteous. Nobody's going to be ripped off. And God's mercy is going out. He's giving them every opportunity to repent. But what's what's happening? They don't repent. Now, it's interesting, right? They know there's a God. They know this is from the hand of God, and they still don't repent. Remember, I noticed, I believe it was Dr. Henry Morris in his commentary. He says, you know, in the tribulation, especially at the end there, there aren't going to be any atheists. Nobody's going to deny that this is from the hand of God. Everybody knows it's from God. They know it's from God, and they're still going to what? they're still going to rebel. They're still going to blaspheme the name of God. That's the radical thing, right? They're going to blaspheme the name of God, and then they're not going to repent. And so this shows how how lost they are, how hard their heart is. You know, and that's kind of something we can apply to even our own life, right? When adversity comes to us, we we can't say that God, it surprised God. But perhaps God is allowing that for a reason. Now the the question is, is it going to harden our hearts to God? Or is it going to soften our hearts to God? Are we going to become more hard and rebellious and stubborn? Are we going to say, you know, Lord, maybe this is for a reason. Maybe I need to change. Let me ask you a personal question. And, and I ask this oftentimes, you know. And I'm preaching at the choir. Let me ask you a personal question: do you think you ever need to change? Or do you think everybody else needs to change? Good question, huh? Now, there's the answer and there's the exercising of the answer. I can say, oh yeah, I need to change, but how about my actions? You see, that's really the, where the rubber meets the road, huh? Right here we see that they need to repent. They need to change, don't they? But they don't. Their hearts are hard. And you know, the same thing can happen to us today you know you've heard that saying right the sun right it can harden the clay and it can soften soften the frozen ice huh it's the same sun it can harden some things and it can soften others which are you who am I when God brings upon adverse does it harden my heart or does it soften my heart hopefully it's the latter huh And so we see here, these judgments are coming. They're just. They're righteous. And there's actually rejoicing. Finally, right, justice, true justice is going to come. But we see that it's going to harden people's hearts because they love the darkness. Notice in verse verse 8, it says, Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And so... (laughs) You know, there's a, a shield over the sun, right? That the Lord has put so the sun doesn't burn us up. But that, that one layer, uh, one layer is going to be kind of removed and, and that sun's going to scorch those that have the mark of the beast. Isn't that interesting? And it says, on the sun the power was given to him to scorch men with fire and men were scorched with great heat. And what did they do? Did they repent? Now it says, and they blasphemed the name of God. Can you imagine? They know it's from God. The heat is scorching them, and they look up at God and they blaspheme His name. You know, when we read about this and we say the Lord is going to return, He's going to judge, you say, It's about time, huh? They're past the point of no return. They blaspheme the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give Him glory. See, God is giving them every opportunity. To turn to change to repent but they choose not to all right the fifth sixth and seventh bowl of judgments are the the ones I want to spend the rest of the time on and these are the ones that are important I believe because they take us into uh, revelation 17 18 and 19 these final judgments now we see these we saw these referred to uh, prior in revelation 14 remember the harvest of Uh, the reaping of the harvest of grain and the reaping of the harvest of grapes. Remember, it spoke of two different judgments. The harvest of the grain, that reaping, was speaking of these bowls of judgment to prepare for Jesus' return. It's judgment upon Satan and and these uh, worldly powers. We're going to see the details on that in 17 and 18. Spiritual Babylon and economic and physical Babylon. But then... In these latter bowls of judgment, we're going to see in the sixth bowl, they're drying up at the river Euphrates to prepare for the harvest of the grapes. That's the battle of Armageddon. Okay, we're going to look at that. So these kind of take us into the latter chapters of judgment, the details on the judgment of this world and the battle of Armageddon in Revelation 17, 18, and 19. Okay, so verse 10, the fifth bowl of judgment says, Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. Now, I believe that this would be the Antichrist, right? And it says, and his kingdom became full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. Now, this fifth bold, is, it's, it's fifth bold judgment is poured out on the throne of the beast. Now, the beast we know is the Antichrist, but he's one of the three, right? The false trinity, which is referred to right here in verse In verse 13. And so we know that this world is controlled under Satan. Now God ultimately has power and authority. But as I mentioned, right, the dominion was forfeited over to Satan at at the garden. When Adam and Eve uh, ate of the forbidden fruit. As they rebelled against God, sin entered the world. And because sin entered the world, they spiritually died. What does death mean spiritually? You're separated from God. And then they physically died. And so from that time, there needs to be what? Redemption. That's what we're reading about in the scope of scripture. And we're at the end here, right before Jesus returns. But right here in this fifth bowl of judgment, Satan's throne, his power, his dominion is going to be judged. That was that second sign we referred to. Remember in Revelation chapter 12? That second sign. And so, these bowls judgments are judgment on Satan and his rule. Satan is what? The god of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. And so, we see right here in the fifth bowl of judgment, it's describing that. It's judgment, ultimate judgment upon the world power here. Okay? We're going to see details on that in Revelation 18 and 19. Now... The sixth bowl of judgment, verse 12, says, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the prophet. Now, this would be the false trinity, right? The dragon is Satan, right? The Antichrist is the beast out of the sea, Revelation 13. And then the false prophet is the beast out of the earth, the false trinity, right? And so these ones are involved in this last battle, this battle at Armageddon. But this sixth bowl of judgment, when it's poured out, it's allowing the armies from the east to mass right there in the valley of Megiddo, right outside of Jerusalem to try to attack Jerusalem. Now, we refer to this in Revelation 14. Revelation 14, verse 1. Who's in Jerusalem at this time? It's the 144,000. Remember the 12,000 from every tribe? I believe that they're in Jerusalem and they've possessed Jerusalem and they're there waiting for the Lord's return. Revelation 14, verse 1. You might want to get the teaching on that. And so at this juncture, Antichrist is outside of Jerusalem. Now, we don't know how he was outside probably by this 144,000 Antichrist because we noted this at the abomination of desolation midway through the seven year tribulation what happens Antichrist comes into the temple and wants to be worshipped as God at that point he tries to what exterminate Israel again and Israel is to flee to the wilderness so what has happened from that time to the time in Revelation 14 well we can only kind of take educated guesses, but my educated guesses is, is that 144,000 they overtook Jerusalem. And there's been a war. And there's been fighting. And so Antichrist is outside of Jerusalem and now he's amassing an army from the east because the Lord has dried up the river Euphrates and they're going to surround Jerusalem and attack Jerusalem. This is at the Battle of Armageddon. And as he prepares for that we see that right here this sixth bowl of judgment right it enables that and he wants to overtake jerusalem because firstly he wants to possess it secondly the 144,000 who wants to destroy and then thirdly the lord jesus is going to return there and he wants to thwart that work and so that's the reason of the battle of armageddon and revelation chapter 16 verses 12 all the way through 16 describes when the river euphrates dried up and it amasses the army from the east to try to do that okay this is that antichrist he's trying to manage this this war to take jerusalem okay so it says verse 12 says then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river euphrates and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. So, think about the east, that would be places like China, a massive army, probably, right? India, a massive army. Now, if you ever look at the river Euphrates, it's a pretty wide river. That whole thing's going to be dried up so they can now cross that river and go right into the valley of Megiddo, surround Jerusalem, try to take Jerusalem. Jesus is going to return. Now, verse 30 says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. These ones are trying to prevent Jesus' return. Okay? Now, verse 14, for they are spirits of demons, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world, to gather them to the battle of the great day of the God of God Almighty. So they're trying to amass. All the armies of the world, right? To prevent the return of Christ. To overtake Jerusalem. Because Jesus will return and go into Jerusalem. If they can take Jerusalem, they can prevent that. They're deceived. But that's the battle of Armageddon, okay? Now verse 15 says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame." and they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew, what? Armageddon. Now, the details on the battle of Armageddon is going to be in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 21. When Jesus does return, what's going to happen? It's not much of a battle, huh? It's going to be just a massive defeat. His sword is going to come out of his mouth, and he's going to take all those that are amassed in the valley of Armageddon. Can you imagine the bloodshed? Remember Revelation chapter 14, that uh, harvest of the grapes. Remember it says that the blood is going to splatter to the horse's bridle. That's speaking of, of the battle of Armageddon when Jesus returns. Right? And so this is being described right here, the preparation of the battle of Armageddon. How does he amass all the armies into the valley of Armageddon? God dries up. The river Euphrates. And in that, Antichrist is going to have all the armies come right there to surround Jerusalem. So who's in control here? It's really the Lord, right? The Lord is the one pouring out this bowl to prepare for this battle. And it's the Lord that's going to have the victory in a moment. Okay, now, verse 17. says, then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. Now, why into the air? Well, perhaps it's because who's the God of this world it's satan right who's the prince of the power of the air it's satan so i want you to note this the devastation on the entire world think about when every living creature in the sea dies it's the cleansing in a sense of the sea because we know in the millennial kingdom there's still going to be oceans so it's almost as if he's going to put a stop to the oceans right before the millennium in the tribulation and he's going to create a new one. Renew the oceans. Think about the waters. The blood of all the waters, right? It's almost as if he's kind of putting a stop to the waters before the millennium and then in the millennium he's going to create new waters. Think about the renewal because we know in the millennial kingdom, right, people are going to live for a long time. There's still going to be sin and death but it's going to be a rejuvenated Earth. Perhaps returning to the way the Garden of Eden was. But think about it. The old has to be what destroyed and there has to be things that are renewed. Perhaps these judgments of these bulgians, these worldwide judgments, he's destroying the old, the sea, right? The water. He's destroying the old and he's going to bring new life, right? In the millennial kingdom. And so you think about that this is all happening right there in these bowls of judgment. It's judgment upon this earth. Satan's dominion. Now, notice in verse 17 this this earthquake says, Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. As I mentioned, right? Perhaps he's cleansing now the air. Think about what's in the airways today. The prince of the power of the air is Satan. I think about the internet. Perhaps he's going to clean up the internet. <laughs> Perhaps he's going to clean up social media. All the things that flood are airways. Notice he pours his bowl into the air. The destruction of the things that are going on into the air right now. Because he's going to prepare to renew it in the millennial kingdom. And notice it says, And a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. So at the completion of it, it's going to be finished. Now we're going to go to some cross-references in the Old Testament to conclude, to see how these are fulfilled. He says, it is done, it is finished. This is the completion of the purging of sin on this earth when Jesus is going to return. He says, and there were noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. Again, this speaks of something future that's never been done. And you're going to see the geography of the entire earth change in this earthquake, and even especially in Jerusalem, the topology. We know this in Zechariah 14, we're going to read. When Jesus returns, he's going to put his foot on the Mount of Olives. He's going to split that mountain in two. There's going to be a north and a south. There's going to be a valley that goes right in the middle there, and it's going to connect... The Mediterranean Sea with the Dead Sea. And Zechariah 40 says that the Dead Sea is not going to be dead anymore. You see how he's rejuvenating the earth. The geography is going to change. And so perhaps these bowls of judgment is to destroy the old so when the millennial kingdom, when he returns, he's going to restore something new so people can live a long time. And so he says, now the great city was divided into three parts. I believe this is the city of Jerusalem when he puts his foot on the Mount of Olives. And the cities of the nations fell. And notice that, and great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Babylon is a name for the world. We're going to see judgment on Babylon in chapters 17 and 18. The details of what is being described here in this bowl of judgment. The details are going to be given in chapters 17 and 18. Spiritual Babylon and as I mentioned, economic Babylon and physical Babylon, chapter 19. It says, and Great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Then every island fled, and the mountains were not found. So notice the changing of the earth, the geography of the earth, the topology of the earth. It's being changed right here. And great hail from heaven fell upon men. Each hailstone about the weight of a talent. Now the weight of a talent is about 75 pounds. Can you imagine that? 75 pound hell, hell falling, And you know what? they're still not going to repent. It says men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail, Since that plague was exceedingly great. So rather than repent. Rather than their hearts becoming softened. What happens? Their heart becomes hard and they blaspheme God. Now. I want to take you to some cross-references. We're going to close in the last five minutes. Cross-references to some Old Testament scriptures which prophesy what we just read here in Revelation. We're going to connect the dots here, okay? So I want you to turn to Zechariah chapter 14. That's in your Old Testament. It's right before your New Testament starts. So your first book of the New Testament, Matthew, work your way back two books, Malachi and then Zechariah. Go to Zechariah chapter 14. And we're going to read from verse 1 there. And you're going to see this prophecy literally being described in Revelation, what we just read. Revelation, I mean, Zechariah chapter 14, right at verse 1 there, let's begin reading. Revelation 14, verse 1. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, judgment's coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. Now what do you think he's talking about? I think he's talking about the battle of Armageddon. Revelation chapter 16, verses 12 through 14. The Lord, he dries up in that bowl of judgment. The river Euphrates. All the armies from the east are going to mass in the valley of Megiddo. They're going to surround Jerusalem. The 144,000 are going to be in Jerusalem waiting for the Lamb. Revelation 14, verse 1. And we're going to see when Jesus returns in Revelation 19. So is going to come out of his mouth and we're going to see the massive carnage. It's not going to be a battle at all. It's going to be a defeat when he comes again.
1: Thanks again for joining us on our podcast of Calvary Chapel Echo Park. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by the teaching and join us again as we continue to study the Word of God. Once again, you can always visit us on our homepage at ccechopark.com for more information and teachings from Pastor David. To God be the glory.